Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here, wherever you get your podcasts, or Patreon a day early. My name is Kerry McIntosh, I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin and Finn. It's cold outside, but we wouldn't know we were born, right? <laughs> That's the phrase that we used to get, that the, the old yins used to give us. You, um, you young'uns, you don't know you're born in my day. <laughs> We've all heard it, you know, and then you reach a certain point in your life where you become that person. You become that boring old get that when you were a kid and you had to listen to me, thought, oh, just shut up, will you? Stop <laughs> exaggerating. Well, if you remember, if you remember last year, or not not last year, two years ago, remember when I was in the house that had remember that remember I was in the, the, the flat that you'd came to for one of the years, like the, the last Oh yeah, the one where you had all the problems with the heating, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, 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 I got a clear picture of what uh, it looked like back in the day for about a year. So, um, yeah. But uh, anyway, we're 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 warm inside, everybody. That's the, that's the main thing. I've got lots to talk about today. But I did watch Finn the Robert or the, the Robert the Ricky Morton and Ric Flair match that you sent me. Now, I will just say for anybody who wants to check it out, um, <laughs> instead of me posting a link. <laughs> what you need to type in onto YouTube is Ric Flair has a gift for Ricky Morton 1986. Yeah. It's like a 15 minute video. There's like a pre promo thing. Um, 
and then there's a match. And um, I mean, look, I still don't know if I can say that Ricky Morton was a sex symbol, but <laughs> certainly the crowd saw him as that. <laughs> I mean, it's weird. You look at his body and you think, you know, back then everyone was obsessed with working out. But like Ricky no. was, he was the exception. <laughs> but then maybe that maybe that's why it worked because he was, you know, you could relate to him. You could, you know, he he was one one of us. Yeah, maybe I, I don't know. And also, you know, they used to say in Crockett Promotions, the the number of people who were on the roids, you know, was probably fewer people, probably a smaller percentage of people were on the roids in Crockett than were on the gear in WWF at the time. But I think we can safely say that Ricky Morton wasn't taking any of that stuff. He wasn't going near the roids. No. And good for him. Good for him. I mean, but the match actually itself is really interesting to watch because it's like a real, you know, if you don't if you don't understand why Ric Flair was was who he was, this match is a real, you know, he does so much here to make Ricky Morton feel like he's like the top guy in wrestling. Oh, and yeah, then, such an eye opener, and it's just Flair just just giving so much. The generosity, I mean, was just incredible, wasn't it? And that's the way he was in so many of his matches and why he was held in such high regard when he was in his prime in the 80s. Yeah, and and Ricky Morton is like the classic underdog babyface. He's so likeable. Um, so it's definitely worth a watch if you have time, everybody, but I would thoroughly recommend it. Um, but let's get into the news. Um, I mean, so, so yesterday I was on the Tony Khan conference call and he opened the call before he took any questions to sort of explain the William Regal situation. He kind of ended up getting into quite a lot of personal detail about how uh, around the time of Grand Slam this year, his mother had suffered a stroke um, and him and his family were obviously very concerned. And then she suffered another stroke and she's had to have some sort of surgery to do with something like a spot on her heart or something. Um, he was saying, and around this, while this was all happening, William Regal had went to the head of legal and 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 said, um, I don't think he knew this was happening, obviously, but I think he just said, you know, can I ask that you don't pick up the second year of my contract because I'd like to go back to WWE and work with my son. Um, and Tony Khan, with everything going on, decided to honour that agreement, um, or started to honour that request, sorry, um, and let him go at the end of the year. Um, he did say that, obviously, there's a lot of times this year he's had to change what the booking plans were. Um, and then he, you know, he actually took a little shot at Triple H, which I, I do understand why. He said, you know, we're we're in the middle of doing this and letting him letting him out, and Triple H puts the War Games thing out, um, you know, which he could have probably left, um, but you know, that, that's what they like to do sometimes. But then he talked about how um, Regal will not be able to be an on-screen character for WWE for the year that would have, that he would have been in AEW. So he's but he's able to coach. So that's the explanation, Finn. What do you make? of that as the story um well i mean it's i mean very sorry to hear about you know what's happened there um and you know really looking at what's going on with regal i mean it's not that dissimilar to what we suspected last week or what we've been led yeah. to believe last week is that this was by regal's request he wanted to leave he wanted to return to wwe um, to work in that system. I um, mean, there's been a lot of comments floating around over the last week or so about 
Regal apparently being disgruntled in there in the company. Um, feeling that people, I mean, we talked about this last week, didn't we? Feeling that people weren't applying themselves to their training that he was leading. There was no real enthusiasm to learn certain techniques that he could um, teach them and which would make them better around performers. So, I mean, there was that as well as there was a, a line about how he just wasn't happy with the environment backstage. And I think a lot of stuff has been, probably exaggerated and maybe even invented. Um, yeah, we should mean, mention EC3 was the one who did an interview with Sports Kida saying some some of that stuff. And, you know, you've got to think, who is EC3 hearing that from? Because, I mean, exactly. from, from my interactions around Regal, obviously he's never going to tell me anything, but, I mean, through my interactions with him, I cannot, I, I can't see an environment where he's saying anything like that to anyone outside of a close circle of people. Exactly. He only he would only say those things to confidants. You know, he wouldn't be telling them to people who would then leak them out to the media or tell other wrestlers who then uh, were going to disclose that information publicly. So yeah, people, people somebody... could be people could be in, inferring it from sort of tone and behavior. Maybe maybe that exactly what... exactly or just basically placing their own biases on it. Yeah, you know, which is the way it often works, isn't it? So. Um, I mean, we're all biased to some extent, let's be honest. And it's very easy to resist the temptation to succumb to that bias and, you know, make the narrative, you know, fit your um, beliefs, you know, yeah. your suspicions or what you're surmising. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, what can you say? I mean, it's there's a lot of people saying, well, you know, Tony Khan didn't do this for other people who wanted to leave, such as, Malachi Black and obviously Andrade is still under contract. Um, but I mean, I think possibly Regal being in a senior position and he just felt, you know, this is a guy who, um, you know, I respect him. I respect what he's done and I'm going to grant him this request. I mean, I personally, Kenny, we talked about this last week. I wrote about this in the magazine. I feel that Regal should have stuck with AEW for two more months and seen this MGF program through. I said this last week. I don't don't really need to bang on about it too much. Yeah. I just feel like there was a lot more he could have done for, for Max and for AEW in this storyline. And um, that's, to me, what I would have done. If I'd been Tony Khan, I would have said to Regal, okay, you can have your release in February. Uh, but between now and then, let's make this story matter so that when MJF beats you down, you know, KOs you, you're leaving an ambulance, it means a hell of a lot more um, than uh, than it did 11 days after full gear. Yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing, I think that there, are, there is a difference in Tony, to, to me anyway, and I'm, I, I don't really have a dog in the fight about it, but I, I think there is a difference between sort of saying, okay, Regal, you can go because you want to go and work with your son and you're not a wrestler to, I want to go with my wife, you know, because, you know, Miro, when he signed with AEW, he knew his wife was in WWE. Malachi Black, I mean, that one's difficult because she, but she went back. So, you know, they they made the decision as a couple. One of yeah. them was going to work one place, one of them was going to work the other. So he can't grant that to everybody. And if he does, it's just going to be anarchy because people are just going to work. Of course, I agree, absolutely. But I mean, yeah, one of the things why, that I think... I mean, that's why contracts exist, isn't it? Yeah, so you have to like... But I mean, the, the thing that I think is 
and, and you know, hindsight is obviously twenty twenty. I think what they could have done to maybe make the relationship work more is that, you know, it's all very well sort of saying, right, okay, Regal is <clears throat> Regal's gonna be down at the ring every day if people want to go down and train. But it's not like he was there in an official capacity. No. So if they had said, right, okay, William Regal is our official uh, you know, head coach or or whatever, you know, and he had an official title where it was like, you know, people would report to him. But I think that would have been a, a, a smoother way to do it. But I think the problem you've got is there's some people, and I'm not being shady here, it sounds like I am, there's some people who are high up the food chain who don't think they need to learn anything and they like doing stuff the way they do. So they're not going to go to Regal and he's not going to want to really work with them unless they want to be open to anything. And then there's people down the pecking order who maybe politically don't want to be seen with Regal. You know, because if you're seen down there with Regal, you you know, and you're not doing the style that other people are saying that you should do, there's a lot of politics probably at play with that. So if there's nothing official in place, you know, it's not that surprising that that some people wouldn't take him up on that because Regal's probably not going to tell you what you want to hear in that regard. He's going to tell you what he thinks, whether it's right or wrong. You know, do yeah. this, don't do that. And some people don't want to hear. I I would imagine wrestlers have got egos. A lot of them. Do, you know, might not want to hear. I mean, we, we've heard this before. Hangman Adam Page had said in an interview, I mean, I know it was kind of blown out of proportion, but he kind of said that he doesn't really go to anybody for advice in AEW. Um, there's, there's, this has kind of happened before. There's there's people who do and there's people who don't. So I think Regal probably is, from being the WWE environment, he's much more comfortable being wanted is probably a good word to put it. You know, like important yeah. to people. yeah. Well, I, I can imagine, yeah. I mean, if he's there thinking, well, I'm doing this out of my, the goodness of my heart, essentially. I don't have to do this. I mean, I'm paid to be an on-screen performer. I'm not paid to be a coach. And I'm doing this because I want to help. I want to assist. You know, I want to see people improve. And I've got, what was it, 86 he got in the business? Yeah. So I've got like 36 years experience or whatever it is in wrestling. I've seen so many things. I've wrestled all around the world. There's a lot. I have a lot to give. You know, people can learn a lot from me and then they can apply that to their own repertoires and their own acts and they can improve themselves. And if they improve, then the matches improve and the product improves and so on and so forth. So I can understand why Regal would do that just because he likes doing that. You know, that's his role in wrestling right now, or at least it will be in future because he's no longer an on-screen character, at least for another year mm -hmm. um, or whatever it is, 16 months. So, um, so yeah, I can understand him being disillusioned um, if young people were not interested in what he had to offer them. And I imagine he was probably sat backstage watching matches and thinking, why are you doing that? Why are you not selling that move? Why are you doing that move now? That move should be the last move of the match, not you know your your fourth or fifth move of the match. You know, I can understand Regal growing quite frustrated that his assistance and advice was neither wanted nor nor needed, uh, or or that was the the impression that many gave him. So, yeah, I can understand how that would happen to Regal and how he would just think, well, you know, I'm a fish out of water here. I'm a stranger in a strange land. <laughs> I just want to go back to WWE where people respect me. They'll listen to me. I'll have a, 
I'll have a um, defined role there where where I'm I'm contributing and where people are listening to me and where I feel like I'm making a difference. And apparently his son's working in the system as well. So he wants to work closely with him and, you know, help him, you know, get on and, and move up the food chain and uh, become a star in wrestling, which is, you know, perfectly understandable, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, I said it on the, the personal part of the sorry, what's going down on Tuesday. I think that he really should be commended for being somebody who doesn't, who would rather be helping out than be in the spotlight. You, know, you almost yes. never see that. Absolutely. How many old guys have we seen that come back and they 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 purely want to be over? And Regal obviously has shown this year that he's still very good at being an on-screen performer. He's still, you know. He, arguably better now than he ever was. Oh, I, I would agree. I thought his stuff with MGF in hindsight, having really analysed it for the piece that I wrote in From the Top in the forthcoming issue of the magazine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was really well done, the whole stuff with Regal and MGF. Yeah. And that was why, to me, it's so you know disappointing, so disheartening that he has left, that this has just been prematurely blown off. Because yeah. I thought... Regal and MGF as a partnership, as a union, as a double act. I think they could have done so much for each other and for AEW and for MGF's opponents as well. Yeah, for sure. Now, last night on Dynamite, uh, there was actually a, a segment with MGF and Ricky Starks. And my God, did Ricky Starks cut the promo of his career so far? Because, um, you know, MGF, we, we know what MGF does. He does the, the shtick to people and kind of, you know, Owns them, as people would say sometimes. Yeah. And then Ricky Starks comes back and hang, hangs and holds his own with, with MJF um, for this upcoming match next week. So, I mean, you know, it, it proves what we said a few weeks ago that, you know, Ricky Starks was absolutely the person who should be in this position over Ethan Page. And he's shown that already just with one promo. Yeah, that's right. He won the, um, the Battle Royal. The Dynamite um, Diamond Ring Battle Royal, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch all the Battle Royal. I saw some of it. Um, there was a really frightening spot, actually, when uh, Morrissey um, chokeslammed Jungle Boy Jack Perry on the ring apron while he was at ringside. And he picked him up for a choke slam, And I'm not quite sure what he was intending to do, but he ended up choke- uh, he ended up like slamming uh, Jungle Boy neck first. His neck hit the side of the ring, like the corner of the ring. It was brutal. And... Oh, Tony Schiavone just went just went mad on commentary. He said that you know that was horrible. I mean, the commentators were raging about that one. They were really upset. I think with Morrissey and what the hell was he thinking doing that move? I do not know. But anyway, getting back to Stark, yeah, especially when you, it's just very quickly, especially when if you're in Morrissey's position, you're in a position where you're not really being pushed too much right now. So any moment that you can have could go either way for you. And a moment like that is not something that's gonna you make a lot of people want to work with that guy. Oh no! I mean, he's he's a guy who looks great, and that's it. That's all he has to offer. He's just not very good. I mean, he's been doing this a long time now, and he's just not very good at it. And um, I mean, that there was a a really dangerous looking spot. I mean, I hope Perry was all right. I mean, I think he probably was. I mean, I hope he was. Um, But as far as Starks and MGF uh, went, I mean, I've got to say, I was (laughs) I feared for Starks. When MGF absolutely trashed him and called him like a, you know, a discount, a Poundland version of The Rock, said, I'm going to refer to you as as Pebble. 
um, and just said you ripped off his entire act. And I was like, oh, dear, is this going to be another Wheeler Utah type situation or Brian Pillman Jr.? Remember that one, Kenny? I do, I do yeah. And, uh, and Stax just came back swinging. I mean, what a counterattack. I mean, he absolutely, he just absolutely trashed MJF. And MJF sold it as well. I mean, that was the best part of it. Because when, when, when MJF called him Dollar Store Dwayne, which is a great line about, you know, how he copies the rock and all that, he should be called Pebble. And then, you can, like you say, you kind of go, oh, hopefully Starks is going to... Because you need to be able to respond to that with just as much gusto, and he really did. You know? He did do. That's why he came back with just as, in fact, probably more venom, you know, <laughs> more ferocity mm-hmm. uh, than MGF came at him, which he needed to do because this was a big moment in his career. Um, the only thing I didn't like about it um, was that they were really running each other down and just describing each other's acts as, as inferior or low budget or, you know, a copy of someone else. And that sort of thing at times, I think, can resonate with the public and the public think, well, actually, he's got a point. Yeah, he's not very original. You know, he's a derivative of, of a bigger star. So I don't like that way they go about things. And that's what MGF does. That's his act. It's very nasty. It's very personal. It's really snide. And it's just, you know, basically knocking someone down and leaving them in pieces on the map. So, I mean, I'm glad that Stax came back and, and you know, really, you know, nailed MJF and gave, I think, yeah, I think he, he gave, I think he really, you know, it was a, a really very impressive, very potent performance by Stax. But I just wish they could find a way of insulting each other without belittling or disparaging each other's acts. You know, I, I don't really like that. They do that all the time in, in AEW and I just find it a bit odd. There's got to be a way of doing this without saying, well, your act is terrible. Because that's essentially what they're saying about each other, isn't it? I mean, I think for me, it it works in a regard like this where the other person can give as good as they got. And it it feels on an even playing field. But, you know, the the Pillman example is a good one. But it's like, you know, what was Pillman going to do after that? You know, you basically neutered the guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing about this thing with Ricky Starks is the thing, one of the things that people used to really praise AEW about in the first kind of year or so was stuff like, Ricky Starks last night is somebody you know younger, new, kind of getting a, a bit of featured time, and that's the kind of stuff they need to be going back to and doing more of. So I hope that this is the beginning of you know I'm not I don't for a second think that Starks is going to win next week, of course not, but hopefully this is the beginning of a sustained push for Starks, give him something to do because the guy's clearly got potential. So I hope that's the beginning of it. Yeah, I mean that's what it needs to be. I mean, I mean after Starks loses, which of course he will. I mean, he just then needs to be given another purpose, another goal to shoot for and not to be just cast adrift for four or five weeks until he resurfaces on Rampage. You know, he needs they need to have a plan for him after he loses this match. I mean, maybe someone will interfere and cost him the match. I mean, it's hard to believe that MGF is going to win cleanly, especially after that you know, incendiary performance from Starks last night on Dynamite. AEW absolutely needs to capitalise on the momentum. The audience was totally behind him. So they need to say, right, okay, Starks, you're going to lose this match, but it's all right because you're going to be facing this guy next. And after you beat him, you're then going to win this title. And then 
in seven or eight months, we're going to pit you against MGF again, and you can have another shot at him. And at that point, people might think that you've really got a shot of, you know, defeating him. So you're right. It needs to be part of a plan. Needs to be part of a, you know, a journey. You know, for Starks, the journey should not end <clears throat> next Wednesday on Dynamite. He needs to be given something interesting and rewarding, invigorating, and constructive to do after that match. Well, we shall we shall see. And then final battle is this weekend, this Saturday, and I guess the the you know the 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 main event is. Claudio and Jericho and the story is that if Claudio loses then he has to join the Jericho Appreciation Society I mean I got the vibe from talk from from hearing Tony Khan yesterday that I think Claudio is actually going to be the one to take the title and it's going to be the end of the Jericho uh, run in Ring of Honor but uh, he okay. did say that he, he he did say that there's a plan to not have Ring of Honor on AEW TV much anymore which I, I assume Finn if you could do a backflip, you might be doing one right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there again, Kenny, there was that there was that WWE guy, you know, in Cardiff, who gave us the impression that Drew McIntyre was going to defeat Roman Reigns, wasn't there? That is true. What a <laughs> bastard. He, said, he led us down the garden path that weekend, didn't he? Hey, he took us for marks, Kenny. That's what he did. He's a guy who'd been in the business for a lot longer than us. <laughs> we wanted to hear, you know, fooled us, you know, sent us in this little direction. Here's this red herring, you know, off you go. Yeah. <laughs> God, you just reminded me of it. Um... Oh, but it's, it's you know, it's nice when that happens because we we all want to be fooled still. You know, we all want to, when it's too predictable, I mean, you know, at times it has to be predictable wrestling because the result that makes sense sometimes, you know, is predictable and, and therefore that's the result that needs to occur because it's the result that makes sense. Um, but um, there are also times when you want to be fooled, when you don't want to know what's coming and what's going to happen and who's going to win. Um, but as far as Claudio versus Jericho, uh yeah, I mean I mean what's Jericho gonna do if he retains the belt? I mean, and this would be very similar to the Matt Hardy storyline, wouldn't it, Kenny? If Claudio mm-hmm. were to join the JS. It would be very similar to because Matt's there as what's he a, who's he a member of? It's not a fact. Is it the factory? Or not the firm? Is it the firm? The firm. The firm. The fir- yes, yeah, it is the firm, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, because yeah. Ethan Page was telling him yes. what to do in yeah. the Battle Royal, wasn't he? So, mm-hmm. you know, and he he's a reluctant member of that faction. So that would be very similar to that storyline that's currently ongoing. So, yeah, it kind of does feel like it's Claudio's time to become champ. And it was Jericho who defeated him for the belt in the first place. And Jericho retained at full gear in the four-way match. Um, in fact, I think it was Claudio who did the job in that match, wasn't it, Kenny? Yes, it was. It was. Yeah, after the uh, how could I forget after the giant swing spot, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, hopefully Claudio wins Saturday. I mean, he needs he needs the victory, and it just feels like this whole Ring of Honor Jericho thing. I mean, I it, it's it's peaked some weeks ago. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. It reminds that. me, do you remember how, I mean, I think well, it was 2021, not 2022, but I think if, if there had to be a vote, say there was like an 
a Power Slam podcast alternative end of year awards, right? The 2021 award for what fucked Finn off the most would have been the AEW Impact relationship and how bad that was. And it yeah. feels like in some ways the Jericho ROH relationship is not far off because who has benefited more than Jericho for for pretty much all of it? You know? well, well, exactly. I mean, he's beaten everyone, hasn't he? So, I mean, I'm not really sure what the purpose of this has been, other than it's driven down AEW's TV ratings. Um, I mean, is Ring of Honor going to have a TV show next year? Tony Khan said he said um, it, was, it was a Sports Illustrated interview, wasn't it, in October, I believe it was? Well, he actually said on the call yesterday that he will be addressing what's happening right after the pay-per-view on Saturday. So. Oh, right. Okay. Well, hopefully there'll be some concrete details on what's happening with Ring of Honor and when this TV show, if it is happening, is going to premiere and presumably yeah. it'll be a YouTube show. So, yeah. I mean, it feels like Claudio's time. If he, I mean, if he doesn't win, I think it'd be a real setback for him and it'll mean that Jericho will continue to defeat ex-Ring of Honor people. But mind you, Kenny, there isn't many of them left, is there? No, <laughs> not, many, not many left. He's um, beaten them all, so it does feel like, he feels like it's Claudio's time and to also, become champion again. And the other thing is, you know, you pay Jericho a lot of money, he's a big name, put him on AEW. You know, that's where he, you know, that's where you're going to get the most out of him. I, th- I feel like they, I get what they were going for, but I think that the ROH Jericho thing kind of, it, while it's meant to elevate Ring of Honor, I don't really think it does, because once, you know, it, People still know it's Ring of Honor. But, I mean, I, I do think that Jericho will probably help them get a decent pay-per-view number because he's on it. Yeah, possibly, so, yeah. I mean, they're asking, they're asking, it's like a Saturday afternoon screening. I think they're charging, is it $40 for the show? Yeah, yeah. But that's what that's what Ring of Honor used to charge on Fight, I think, as well. So um, Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, we've seen Jericho Claudio at least twice. Um, and they've I also mean, announced the FTR uh, Briscoe's dog collar match. I mean, that was only announced on Dynamite this week, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which 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 had to be announced through the Gun Club because uh, Warner refused to let the Briscoe brothers be on their TV. <laughs> so I mean, that's just come from completely out of the blue. Mercedes Martinez resurfaced on TV. Was it last week or was it the week before? It's like, wow, who's this? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. We haven't seen her. I can't remember the last time we saw her on AEW TV. I think she's been on Rampage, has she not? I mean, I don't really watch Rampage that much. Let me let me just check. Mercedes Martinez. When did she last wrestle? When did we last see her? Um, okay, she... Oh, she, she wrestled on Dark Elevation in mid-November. Before that, the last time she wrestled was the Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view in July. Wow. So, um, anyway, well, let's, let's move on. Uh, last thing I wanted to ask you about, which <laughs> could be nothing, Finn. It could be nothing. But, you know, in wrestling, sometimes it's not nothing. So yesterday, CM Punk, on his Instagram stories, shared two images of himself in WWE. Okay. Uh, one of them was him uh, from the kind of straight edge society um, with uh, 
well, Luke Gallo's former problematic gimmick on the big screen. Let's just say that. And then another photo of him with Mickey James from when he was in WWE. Now, it seems very odd that CM Punk would choose just to tweet or to put on Instagram two images of him in his WWE time. Hmm. But yeah, he's not right. done in, the entire time he's been in AEW. So, I mean, do you think, is he sort of, is he sending his little message there? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what he's doing. He's, I mean, I think he's just amusing himself, isn't he? He's, <laughs> um, he's, he put these images out there to get people talking, Kenny, like we're talking now and to um, fuel speculation about his next move in the world of pro wrestling. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the 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 picture of him and Mickey James, that wasn't from his notorious debut, was it, do you think? I don't think so. Let me just send you the photo. Because, so, well, I wouldn't know, Kenny, because it was never, he, he famously had that uh, trial match, didn't he? No, it, it definitely can't be from his trial match because the way that, I'll send you this now on Facebook, but the, the gear that Mickey's wearing was from yes. later on. So I ah, want to okay. I want to say it's about a 2009 time period. Uh, oh, understood. Oh, yeah, because he's, when his very first match with WWE, he was managed by Mickey James. And that was when all the agents ganged up backstage and said, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He needs to be sent to OVW to learn how to work. That was summer of 2005. Mm-hmm. So he was sent down to OVW and then made his TV debut for the ECW brand the following year, didn't he? Yeah. So after they basically broken him down and rebuilt him in their <laughs> own image, which is what WWE um, liked to do in those days. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, I see the picture. Here. It does. It does. See, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. With the uh, uh, punk with Luke Gallows in the background. Oh, <laughs> was, that, was that Festus at that point? Festus, yeah. Jesse of Festus. Yeah. So yeah, I think, just, just having, I think he's just having some fun. Um, I mean, do you really think, especially after he's allowed Regal out of his contract, and also we should mention with the proviso that he cannot appear on TV, Kenny? Yep, can't be an on-screen character for yeah. the which for for the whole of twenty twenty-three. Okay, so I mean, there's really it seems um, inconceivable to me that Tony would you know, allow CM Punk a contract release or reach some sort of buyout agreement with him that would permit Punk to wrestle for WWE next year. I mean, maybe he will. I don't know. But I mean, that all feels like it's stalled to me. I mean, no one's talking about it. No one's talking about this potential buyout. But I've got to figure that that's how this is going to end. That's how I, I mean, I just can't see Punk returning to AEW, I just do not foresee it. Um, but I mean, the buyout and what he does next and what he can and can't do after a contract buyout occurs, that's going to be, you know, a point of negotiation. So I don't know. I think Punk's just, I think he's just having a laugh. I think he's just amusing himself and just, as I said, fueling speculation. And he knows that people like to talk. Um, and that whenever anything like this happens, people jump on it and say, well, it must mean this. It probably means nothing. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll see, I guess. I, I was thinking there, you know, with the, the image of Festus there a few weeks ago, or a couple of weeks ago, somebody had asked us on uh, the overrun about uh, worst steam tunes of all time, and biscuits and gravy comes to mind. <laughs> Jeez, well, no. I mean, I don't think we mentioned... Did we Did we mention uh, Hillbilly Jim's theme? No, don't we didn't. Messing, don't go messing with a country boy? We didn't mention that. We didn't mention that. That's also another one um, that was there. But yeah, plenty plenty of bad ones. Um, well, listen, that's all time we've got for today. We'll be back uh, with the overrun. The overrun will be recorded before any of the shows this weekend, Ring of Honor Final Battle or NXT Deadline. So um, it will probably come out afterwards on Patreon, but it will be recorded before. So just in case something mad happens on the NXT or ROH shows, and we're not talking about it, that's the only reason why. But I want to thank you for all your support, everybody. Um, we really appreciate it. And Finn, I hope that you have a nice 24 hours before we get to this all over again. Yes, and you as well, Kenny. And and you and you as well. And uh, I'm just pleased that I've finished all my contributions to the magazine. The magazine is now at the printers. Yes, the magazine's now at the printers. So and it will be in all of your lovely hands before you know it. Uh, before Christmas, for sure. Well, I, I say before Christmas, for sure. <laughs> there are there are Royal Mail strikes, but I'm hoping the the Royal Mail strikes are on the 23rd and 24th of December, and yeah. ours should already be out before then for people. So hopefully they arrive in the 22nd, but... Um, they will be on the way. But if you, uh, you can also go into WH Smith, remember, in the UK um, to pick up a copy um, when it comes out uh, before Christmas. I think it's the 23rd, right, that it comes out? Um, I think. Well, I've got the... My my issue is not to hand. It is. It is, yeah, the next issue goes on sale December 22nd. December 22nd, there you go. So, yeah. We should be all right because subscribers will be sent the magazine before then, probably December 20th, maybe? Yeah, yeah. So I imagine that the, the, the magazine should... There's not any strikes. I think there's strikes on, like, the 9th and 11th and the 16th and then the 23rd or 24th, so that it shouldn't affect the mag um, but you, what you can do if you're in the UK is you can always remember go on Twitter and send the Inside the Ropes account a DM with your postcode and we can let you know the nearest WH Smith to you that has a copy uh, or Tesco we're in big Tesco's as well so um, you can check that too so uh, hope that you enjoy that that uh, 64 page edition for Christmas um, listen we're thank you for all your support everybody and we'll talk to you soon Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.